0: So, sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Welcome back to the Leanne Ward Nutrition Podcast. As most of the world is in lockdown or isolation due to COVID 19, we're popping up the second incredible part two podcast with the gorgeous Sierra Nelson today. Sierra helps individuals own their worth, build confidence, and get healthy from the inside out. She's a personal trainer, nutritionist, and transformation coach, starting with the basics of loving yourself first. Please go and check out her Instagram account, which is at Sierra Nelson, as she posts real and super helpful content for all those struggling with life, love, and self-worth. This is part two of our podcast together. So if you haven't heard the first part, please go back and listen to that first. In today's podcast, we answer our listener questions. We start with questions about how to find grace and compassion after someone has betrayed you, how to deal with the pressure from society to be in a relationship at a certain age, how to find purpose amongst pain, and how to keep a positive mindset in the face of constant failures. As always, it would mean the world to me if you guys could leave me a five-star review. It actually costs money and takes a lot of time to record these podcasts every week. And all I ask is for 30 seconds of your time to write me a positive review. If you enjoy the podcast and appreciate how much work goes into it, please take the time to leave me a positive review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Let's jump straight into it. Welcome back to the podcast, Sierra. It's so incredible to have you back on. Thank you so much. Our first podcast together was, oh, I was saying to you, it gave me chills just because we talked about such important topics. So thank you so much for coming back on
1: thank you for having me back. I know we just, we ran out of time. We just had, there's so much to
0: say on all these
1: topics. So I'm glad we're back here for a second round.
0: hundred percent. And if you guys haven't heard the first podcast we did with Sierra, please go back and listen to that. We talked all about purpose amongst pain. We talked about self-love. We talked about confidence and happiness and, um, you know, body shapes and ways and society expectations and how to start when you're just, you're struggling, you're filled with anxiety, you're hurting, you're in pain, how to, how to get out of that and, and learn to sit with it, but also find that balance with the light. So there were so many beautiful things that you shared within that podcast. And I thought that it was only fitting to get you back and answer some of our listener questions, because these are things that I get DM'd all the time. And I'm sure that there are so many women and men at home struggling with these same issues. So I would love today, again, to pick your brains and get your expertise around these areas and help answer some of our listener questions today, if that's all right with you. Of course. I'm here for it. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's dive straight in. And the first question is from Millie. And Millie wants to know, how do you find grace and compassion after somebody has betrayed you? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm, <laughs> so, it's a juicy one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If
1: anyone has followed me for the past few years, um, aside from mm-hmm. losing my mom and losing my nephew, I also went through two very difficult, toxic, traumatic relationships and breakups. Um, so that's been a huge, huge learning. Process for me the past three years, um, and I would say that one of the biggest things that I had to learn coming out of the situations that when you realize that the way someone treated you has more to do with them than it ever did with you, that's when you learn grace, and that was so important for me. And I truly believe that I had, and this this can um, relate to even just friendships, but I had to look at my partners who had betrayed me and really see them and see that they had their own demons that even though I was the person that got hurt from it, that it wasn't about me, that it was about their own internal struggle. Um, and then I had to really find that compassion for myself after leaving because it wasn't easy leaving the situation. And I think that's one thing that was really difficult for me to deal with is because everyone was like, you made the best decision. We've all seen this coming. You should be happier. You need to move on. Um, and even though I knew that that person and those those persons weren't good for my heart and soul, that there I had to let myself understand that there's still grief in letting go of someone who's Toxic and not good for you, and that there's no, this should be easier. You have to let yourself feel the entire process and also really process it. You know, Um, finding that grace and that compassion, you have to dig deep. And you have to understand why it may have happened and what you could learn from it and your own responsibility. I had to learn that lesson. You know, I had built up so much resentment in those relationships and I I had to realize that it was because of boundaries that I did not create or put in place for myself. My issues coming out of it, I had to realize that I had a savior complex, but to the point where I abandoned myself because I was too afraid of abandoning other people. and in general, it was a fear of being abandoned. You know, I had just lost my mom. I had just lost my nephew. And the most important people in my life, even though they were treating me poorly, I was too afraid to let them go. And, I, you know, I would hear that they wanted to be better and that they wanted to change and they wouldn't do those things anymore. And I, I just, I believe in the good in, in other people and I believe that they can change. Mm-hmm. But at some point, we have to pay attention to the patterns and to their actions. Um, so I had to dig deep and I had to take responsibility Responsibility for myself. And, um, you know, understanding that one of my strengths is also my weakness in wanting to help other people, but you can't help someone who doesn't want to change or to be better. And for me, realizing that even though they said that they wanted help or they wanted to be better, that in fact they were not going to change. And so now it was up to me to change how I reacted to them not changing. And that was me walking away and for the first time in my life, choosing myself. And owning up to my worth. You know, I I felt like I knew my worth, but I wasn't proving it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't acting on it. I was staying in a relationship where I was being re- disrespected, where I was being cheated on, where I was being lied to, where I knew in my gut just things weren't right. And like if you're in those situations with friendships or partnerships and you feel that intuition, Listen to it. Our bodies are such beautiful teachers, and that's one thing. Now I'm like when I talk to my friends about dating. I, I haven't. We'll maybe talk about this later. But I haven't gone on a date in over a year. Um, I haven't dated since I left my ex. My past three relationships have ended because of infidelity and cheating and betrayal. So why am I welcoming these men into my life? And also why do I, in the middle of it, realize that this is who that person is, but decide to stay? Mm -hmm. Um, and how, and so I had to do a lot of deep work with that, but like realizing that I had accepted so much less that was, that was really tough for me to deal with, but also I learned a lot. Um, you know, so I think finding compassion for yourself is, you find that within that understanding and not beating yourself up for it and understanding that you're a human. Um, you know, I'm so grateful for that side of myself that wants to help others and wants to help save people and be an inspiration. But at some point you've got to create boundaries for yourself. And especially in a partnership and in a a friendship, you want to surround yourself with people that uplift you, that inspire you, that encourage you. Obviously not everything's going to be beautiful beautiful and butterflies but
0: mm-hmm.
1: um when a relationship becomes more straining than it does um supportive you really just you really have to start reevaluating things so yeah when you get <laughs> a long-winded response but I really just think it has a lot to do with um realizing that it has a lot more to do with them you know and a lot of times I really do think that like hurt people do hurt other people so send them love mm-hmm. send them as much love as you can some people will change A lot of people do. Some people will not. But that's not up to us to help them figure out. Um, If they want the help and they prove that they are willing to change, then I understand that. But at some point, you've got to put yourself first and you've got to honor your worth. And then you've got to learn how to forgive them. You know, don't carry Mm. around that anger any longer than you need to forgive them for them. But more importantly, forgive them for you. Their behavior speaks of them, but your forgiveness speaks of you. So Mm. in so many of those circumstances with friendships or partnerships, you have to let it go so you can grow. You know, if they're not willing to grow with you, let it go because you're worth so much more. You have so much to offer you, you know. and it's also really difficult when you're in a relationship where you want to evolve and the other person is, doesn't want to, um, the other thing I would say um, is don't seek revenge. It doesn't help anybody. Of course, there's m- those moments like <laughs> you know, I love my group of girlfriends so much, but there were moments after things happened that like we're all trying to be like super elevated and evolved. And I've got one friend that's like, all right, girls, who's rolling? I got the bats.
0: <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> like, <laughs> we like, only like We would
1: never <laughs> do that. But, you know, um, it's normal to want to feel those things, but also mm-hmm. move beyond it and find that forgiveness because the best. Revenge I found is learning to love yourself the way that you wish they did. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, be your own upgrade. Like, there's no, and do it for you. Don't do it for them. Don't do it because you Mm -hmm. think you're going to get them back or they'll want you back. Um, You got to do it out of pure love for yourself, you know? Um, And if you're in that place, and I really hope that this reaches some of you again, I believe in second chances. I've given many far too many chances though. So I believe in second chances. I believe people can change. But if you were in that situation where you are consistently, repeatedly disrespected in any kind of relationship, I urge you to find the courage to walk away and to choose you. you. Because in in walking away, you will learn true self-love and you will understand and you will figure out your true worth. And that was, man, this year of being single has been the biggest, most important lesson in self-love to me. So yeah, there's so much more we could say about that. But, you know, just really understanding that when someone betrays you, it has a lot more to do with them than it does you.
0: I love that. And that was such a beautiful response as well. And you can just see how much healing that you have done over the last sort of year or so, just being alone and learning to love yourself first. Because I feel like so many people stay in relationships where there's no love there and they're, they're staying there because of that love and they're scared that nobody else will ever love them, forgetting that, as we talked about in the first podcast. It starts with loving yourself first and, and honoring mm. and respecting and appreciating what your body can do for you. And when you're giving yourself that self-love, you don't need to lean on somebody else for it. Like it's great to have a partner to go through life with. But if you're solely relying on their love and their affection, you're not giving it to their self, well then you're that relationship is sort of out of balance, isn't it?
1: One hundred percent. And I think I posted about this, I think, on Valentine's Day, but um mm. It was the biggest, I thought, I really thought I had the self-love game down, (laughs) but I realized my whole life, I've always like, I've been sort of dating or flirting with someone or in a relationship. So I always had a man to tell me I'm amazing, to tell me I'm beautiful, to compliment me, to make me feel sexy until you're fully single. And you, you're like myself and you make that decision. I wasn't even going to date. I wasn't going to entertain anyone because that would distract me from my own healing. But mm-hmm. also along, I think it was like, 5 months into it I was like oh wow this is this is my self love lesson because I here I was like single as a pringle with nobody to give me compliments except for myself and I think we all know compliments from girlfriends are a little bit different than intimate partners you didn't have mm-hmm. that love from somebody else so I really I had to dig deep, and I really had to be that person to compliment myself and to love myself, um, and to know that I was worthy without having a man. And then you have to deal with, especially you know, you and I both circulated the single message to the world, but um, <laughs> you have all these outside circles being, "Are you dating? Are you you know, when are you getting married? You're still single? How old are you again?" Um, and just really realizing that, you know, it really. It was, again, it's all these external sources that we're looking for validation from, and once Mm -hmm. you're really single you really have to dive deep into your own self-love.
0: Mm, but I love how in the previous podcast as well, we mentioned that when people make judgments of you, it's generally coming from their own deeper pain and whatever they're feeling, they're feeling their own inadequacy. So they're judging you for that. So if people are making judgments around you and your relationships and your um, that sort of thing. Like it's really coming from their own hurt and their own experiences and that sort of thing. So learning to block out some of that and learning to do it, for you, to walk away for you, to be single for you, to choose self-love for yourself, not for anybody else or because other people are telling you that this is what you should do or this is how you should act or you should conform to society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a powerful lesson. It really is. Mm. Now that sort of brings me to the next question. Um, Sarah wants to know when it comes to society pressure, how do you deal with being single in your 30s or how do you deal with coming out of a relationship in your 30s? And you and I both did post that just went absolutely viral (laughs) I um I borrowed this idea from you I saw it on your profile you said something like I'm I'm I think it was like, I'm 30, I'm single. I have no kids and that's okay. And I basically posted the same message, but at the time I wasn't single. So I think I said, I'm not married. I don't have any kids and I'm 30 and that's okay. And it was so funny how I just, it went viral and there was so much support. And then people didn't realize that at the time actually had a partner and it wasn't, I was just saying that wherever you are in your life, it's okay. And don't judge somebody just because they're 30 and expect them to be married or expect them to have children or anything like that. But it was like, the minute people saw that I actually had a partner and I was, um, and I got engaged about six months after that, it was like, so many people turned on me and I was like, how dare you preach about being single? And I was like, no, I preach happiness. And I preach about doing (laughs) what you want to do and not doing things because it's felt like it's expected. Like i should get married because I'm 30 or I should have kids because I'm I'm 30 and it was just about loving yourself and doing whatever you want to do and what's right for you and it was funny that all of that judgment and I was like this is on you like this is the way that you're feeling this is a reflection of yourself but it's so funny how people will stand up for you then they'll aim to tear you down because you're not fitting into the mold that they thought um, you know that that was their expectation and I'm sure that you, you've experienced this a lot but how, what do you say to people I guess who, who feel that pressure from society to be a certain thing or act a certain way or because they're 30 and they've they've left a relationship all that judgment from other people you know like oh you're going to be alone or you should have had kids by now how do you how do you help people work through that because it's such a It's such a, I guess, a damaging thing as well, isn't it? With, with social media, people Mm -hmm. just make all of these judgments about us and you're like, you don't even know me or you know nothing about my life or walking away from that relationship in my thirties was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, how do you help people with that, that judgment and that Pressure from society.
1: Yeah. Oh man, so much. It's so funny that you were saying people were turning on you because that happened to me when I I think maybe like two months ago, I was talking on my Mm. stories about how I'm ready to get back into dating. And if anyone knows anyone, I had the same responses. And I'm like, it had nothing to do with like, I'm going to be single forever. (laughs) It was (laughs) literally about being single to get to know myself better and to heal and of course I want a partner. And if you don't want a partner, that is totally fine. Do whatever you want to do. This is your journey. This is your story. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. being single is not a problem to be fixed. Being married is amazing. But if you don't want to be married, that's not a problem either. Same thing with having kids. This is a Mm -hmm. personal journey. And it's, it's all, again, what we've been taught what we need in order to be happy and it's all mm-hmm. these things that we're running around trying to find in our lives which we think are going to make us happy um and i'm sure that if there's some relationships out there that people are incredibly happy and i hope to find that someday as well but i just knew i needed that journey for myself in order to become the person who i need to be to find the partner who's worthy of being in a relationship with me and so i don't run into these same patterns again and it's so funny that we're talking about this because i watched the Bachelor. <laughs> and um they just did announced, in the, yeah in the states here they just announced um the new bachelorette and for the first time and thank god they've been listening to the audience but they cast uh, a bachelorette that's 39 and i've been like looking at some of the comments a lot of people are super supportive but then there are these people that are literally saying things like um, oh my God, she's 39, like she, she can't find love yet. What must be, there must be something, what's wrong mm. with her? Like if she can't find love at 39, she's never gonna find love. And I'm like, again, you have no idea what those people's stories are. I'm 34 and I'm proudly single. And I'm mm-hmm. so proud of myself for going through that. And again, it's, I'm single because of decisions that I made that were not right for me. And I had to learn from those lessons. And I know that going through those things and those things kept presenting themselves to me because I wasn't paying attention. Like, I really think we're going to keep being presented with the same problem over and over again until we wake up and learn the lessons that we're supposed to learn. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, uh, but yeah, we're again It's just if someone's single at a certain age Like don't drop the judgment We all have different mm-hmm. journeys. We all have different stories. We all have different reasons Why we're single if you want to be happy and married and in a relationship good for you And if someone doesn't want to and they want to focus on their career or They want to be the crazy fun aunt which I may be someday You know, <laughs> I would be just as happy I think it's just realizing that like not one single thing in life is going to make us magically happy same thing with being in a relationship and you need to understand that you can find that happiness and that fulfillment without even being in a relationship. And once you get there and you have that happiness and that fulfillment and know that you have that self-love all by yourself, then you'll be even a better partner when that time does come. And that, and mm. you understand that. Now you're happily in an amazing relationship. And how has that been for you, having like gone through your own single journey and now mm. being in a relationship?
0: A hundred percent. And I remember the relationship before I met David, I came out of, I think that ended when I was around 25 or 26. And I got the exact same comments like, oh, you're old or all oh, your friends are getting married or what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to find someone? And I remember looking back now and thinking, oh my God, 25 was such a baby but you just listen Mm -hmm. to all the other judgments of other people who are doing their life. But also I look at some people that I know who are married and it's like they just wanted to be married because they thought that that was what society wanted and it's like they're not actually happy. So I guess we just need to stop and drop the judgment from people. And if they want to do whatever in their life, if they're single, in a relationship, married, they have kids, they don't want kids, and just let them be, let them live. And, and as you said, have that courage to walk away if it's not right for you and build the life that you want rather than the life that people expect you to have. But I guess the biggest thing is, is just those judgments from other people and I'm sure that you get it all the time. And I guess yeah. what was Sarah asking her question was really around when she asked, how do you deal with being single in your 30s and coming out of a relationship I feel like she's really asking how do you deal with that judgment because I feel like if a relationship ends you can always find that as you mentioned that grace and that that message within that but it's really how you deal with all that pressure from the aunties and the mums and the the friends asking you like what are you gonna do now? Almost as if like your life is over. Um so how do you like what would you say to Sarah, I guess in that way? Like what would you say to all those people who who are dealing with that? Because when we both posted those photos about, you know, being um not married and and not having kids and that sort of thing at 30, I get so many responses, even from men being like, but mostly it was from family members. It was like my mom or my aunties or that sort of thing it just keep saying that there's something wrong with me that I haven't Met anyone? How do you help people deal with that, or what do you say to them? Um, because it is so hard hearing it from people that you love, like with strangers, and they're commenting, and it's like, you know, I have people told me that my, you know, my ovaries are dead and they're dried up, and I, I just <laughs> I block and delete them. I don't even bother. Like it's easy to just block out a stranger, but when it's coming from people that you love, it's a lot harder, isn't it?
1: It's so much harder, and I think. I just respond and, you know, it depends on who I'm speaking to, but like really just respond in a way that like the truth is there's no rules in this life and your life isn't meant to look like anybody else's and Mm -hmm. thank them for their concern, but let them know you're on your own journey and you're happy. And, and then sometimes you got to send them love because again, you, like we said, it really sometimes stems from their own insecurities about where they are in their life. Um, but you know, just know that comparing yourself to anyone else's journey gets you nowhere, and all it really does is feed these feelings of shame and feeling inadequate, and that's not helpful to anybody. So just know that um, that your own individual journey is happening exactly when it's supposed to be happening, you know? And – we all, we all live different lives. We're all doing different things. We all live in different cities. You know, I live in Los Angeles. So being single at 34 is not a weird thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but we're all just on different paths and that's totally okay. And it will happen when it's supposed to happen. Even if you don't want it to happen, that's great. You know, I think again, it's just realizing that we've all been programmed to just have this, this list of our, all these unnecessary, sometimes ridiculous, societal standards or just checking off boxes. So, hey, you get to make your own box to check off and you get to put whatever you want on there and it doesn't have to be... whatever, whatever everyone else wants for you. Mm-hmm. Same thing, yeah. same thing with like dating as far as like becoming changing careers and um, going back to school and, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like it's never too late to do whatever you want to do. And just because someone did it at a certain stage in their life doesn't mean you're behind.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: just means you're on a different timeline.
0: hundred percent. And I loved your response of just saying to those people, and just replying back with i'm happy because who can argue with that like if someone came at you and yeah. said you know oh you're 34 you're single you don't ha- you don't have kids yet like how how do you feel about that and if you just replied with I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy. Yeah. What could somebody say about that? Like what could your rebuttal isn't that possibly what we're be? All looking for? Yeah. Like how dare yeah. you be happy? Like what are people gonna say to that? Yeah. So that's just such yeah. a simple response that just shows that there are so many other things to think about rather than just being single or being in a relationship or married or kids or that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Um, all right. Next question from Tracy is how do you find purpose amongst pain? And I think this is such a beautiful question um, for you to answer. Cause you were just the perfect example mm-hmm. of going through so many painful things in your life, but turning that into such a beautiful and inspiring story and career and just helping so many people work through that as well.
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a difficult one because there's so, we all have our own journey when it comes to pain. Mm. We all experience it in some form or another, whether it be relationships or loss or hardships, losing a job, whatever it is. Um, I think the most important part in finding that purpose and that power within your pain is understanding that pain is so powerful and that it, it you know, it's one of our biggest teachers if you allow it to be, and that it really connects us to each other I think more than anything in this life you know so we really have two choices and this is what I realized when I was hit when I hit total rock bottom was that I had two choices I was either going to be a victim of it or I was going to rise above it and what I found is there's a lot it's a lot easier to be victim to our pain and to our struggle and to our challenges because then we always have a reason why things aren't going well um but you have to really ask yourself, like, what do you really want?" And I just wanted to be happy and so for me, it was choosing not to be a victim of it, to honor it, to find the lessons in it um, you know, and of course, there were moments when being victim was so much easier, but I just mm. had to believe I just kept hearing my mom over and over again. I mean, we went through so much struggle in our life. I watched her struggle through so much, but I also always saw her overcome it, and I always saw her teach us lessons beyond it and you know I knew as difficult as it was I also knew that there was something beyond this for me and I had that belief I had I knew that I could be happy again and that I could find joy again so I had to take what I went through and again it's just like I had to find the lessons I had to you know I had to realize that, yeah, it wasn't fair that it happened, and it probably didn't happen for a reason, but there's something to be learned from this, and I'm a much stronger human being because of this. What can I do now? I can empathize more with people. I can understand their pain. I can help them through it. Um, You know, I'm just a more compassionate human being now because of it, and really focusing on that positive side of it is what helped get me through it um, and realizing that I didn't have to be a prisoner of my past, you know, let my past be a teacher, let it be. One thing I will really, I I struggled with is a lot of people after I I talked about my mom a lot. I talked about losing her and I talked about my relationships a lot. And I really almost had this battle between feeling defined by my pain and my struggle. Mm -hmm. And when I hit that moment of like, I'm going to focus on nothing but joy like my life my this chapter in my life is joy I was like oh my gosh like who am I without that pain and without that struggle and that was a difficult thing for me but that's because I got to move beyond it and I now have the lessons of what's possible beyond that pain you know um and that was that was a huge lesson for me, is realizing I didn't have to be prisoners to my past. That could be a, a huge part of my story. and pain and struggle will always be a part of who I am and what I've overcome. Um, but I keep looking for the lessons every single day. And there's days like the other last week, and I posted this on my stories, I just started crying for no reason. But because I've realized how beautiful that is. And how beautiful everything that we go through in life including the pain and the hardships is i was able to appreciate it like i was sobbing in my car and then i just started sort of laughing and smiling because i'm like this is what it this is what it feels like to because for a while there i almost was like super happy all the time and i i felt like one dimensional again and i almost missed this is so crazy and i'm just kind of like this is just all coming out of me but i missed that side of struggle and pain because it was it was very powerful for me and it was um it was a motivator in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I and so I felt I I was like laughing because I felt so happy to feel that again, you know? Um so I think it's just embracing and understanding that that pain is so powerful and it can also be a really positive thing. I don't know if that answers Tracy's question. <laughs> I think so. And it's, I think it's really that. difficult. Yeah, yeah. You just have to keep. You have to look for the lessons within everything. You just yeah. don't just assume that like this. Oh, woes me, and this is my life, and I am a victim of it. Like, mm-hmm. find the meaning beyond it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it's mm-hmm. supposed to teach you, I need you to find that.
0: Yeah. I love how you mentioned it almost like this is another chapter of my life, like thinking about your life as a book or as a chapter and not being defined by that one thing but knowing that you can learn and you can grow and you can go back a couple of chapters, you can write a few new chapters and I love that yeah. analogy of thinking about that as your life because I feel like some people, as you mentioned, are defined by their pain and their, their you know definition in their life is that they're the victim. But then, again, you can rise up from that, you can change that, You can you can find that purpose and be somebody that then helps other people work through that as well. So you've got those many chapters in your life. And I think that that is just a beautiful representation of everything that you've been through as well and how you've found that purpose amongst pain. Um, So I really do hope that that helps Tracy with that question, because I think that was a beautiful response. Thank you. And then our last question from Bridget, how do you keep a positive mindset in the face of failures and constant disappointments? How do you not let yourself spiral? And I think that's a really important one um, for any aspects of life, whether it's relationships or work or just life in general, isn't it? Like when you're just faced with constant failure and constant disappointment, how do you how do you stay positive and how do you keep working towards something when things aren't working out?
1: Um I would say some of the things that have really helped me is, is not labeling everything as a failure. Mm. I really think that failure is, you know, is so connected and immediately attached with shame. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that I've learned, no matter what you're going through in your life, no matter what you want to change, whether it be your body or whatever, that shame is the worst driver for change. You know, you can't simply hate yourself into a version of yourself that you're going to love. Mm-hmm. Um so you know it's again i think it's around that fear and learning how to reframe those things those failures are not n- is not a negative thing and maybe it's not even a failure it's not a mistake it's a it's a learning lesson it's how we grow if you're not failing you're not growing at all mm-hmm. so embrace the failures because you're at least trying and i always people always message me about fear in so many different aspects i'm like be thankful for that fear because without fear we have no courage right mm-hmm. and courage is such a beautiful thing but the only way that exists is because we're overcoming something um so have that fear go after what you want keep trying if you fail um just take credit for trying you know trust me those little things matter celebrate yourself for um giving that effort you know and i feel like Even like people feeling like everything's too hard, I feel like that comes from feeling like we have to have it all right now Mm. and we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things that we are doing, we are accomplishing or just trying. Like we don't celebrate the small stuff enough. So, you know, I think it goes back to a conversation we i maybe it was in the last podcast, like success to me really has nothing to do with the final results. It's rather mm-hmm. like getting up and making progress every single day, no matter how small. So you know, I think that that's again we just it's all about the reframe, and it's about that awareness, you know whatever you're afraid of, whatever you're afraid of failing, like run towards that fear rent towards it because that's where you're going to grow the most. That's where you're going to learn the most. And then switch
0: your focus to like what you are actually accomplishing. Mm-hmm. 100%. And you never fail. You just find another way that didn't quite work out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every failure is a learning. And we had um, one of my um, girls on here, Nikki, from Just Get Fit. And she said it beautifully where she said, you don't fail, you fail forward. So as long as you're, you're, yeah. you're learning from that lesson and you're finding another way that didn't work and you're changing it up and you keep going, you never fail. You're just on that journey or that path or you're writing another chapter in your book where the last one kind of didn't quite work out or didn't quite get you there. But I guess that disappointment really stems from, as you said, putting an end game on that thing, whereas if you see it as a journey where you're constantly growing and evolving and failing forward and finding different ways that don't work or things that may do a little bit better, you're constantly on that journey and you'll never let yourself become disappointed or, or spiral because you let go of that fear and you see it more as a journey that you're just living and learning and growing rather than trying to get from A to B and be perfect.
1: Yeah. And I get I think it just, we talk about judgment a lot, but Mm. it's like, we're afraid of failures because we're afraid of what we're afraid of judgment from outside. Yeah. Yeah. But what are, what are we really afraid of? Mm -hmm. Those people judging us from the outside are again, It's their own internal struggle. So it really just, it's that awareness and understanding like your failure. It's, to me, it's a beautiful thing and we shouldn't be afraid of it. And again, we just need to understand that, understand why we're afraid of things. And once you quite, there's that, like, there's, um, it's actually called something, but if the the five whys, Mm -hmm. you know, if you ask Mm -hmm. someone, why are you afraid of going to the gym? And they'll give you an answer. Yep. And then you ask them again, like, well, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid of going to the gym? Because I, f- I feel like people are going to judge me. Why do you feel like people are going to judge you? Mm-hmm. Uh, or why are you afraid of people judging you? Because they're going to think I'm, you know, overweight or something. Well, well, why are you afraid of them thinking that you're going to be over? Like you get to the point where you're just like, yeah, you know, you know what? You're right. This is silly. I have yep. really nothing to be afraid of. This yep. is all in my own head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, it's a lot of self-awareness. It is. So whatever you're afraid of out there and just go for it and fail, and and celebrate your failures because they're a beautiful learning experiment.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love, I was listening to Marie Forleo the other day and she was saying, if you're afraid of failure, write down the worst possible situation. And I remember for so long, I wanted to leave my full-time government job as a clinical dietitian. Like I had my dream job and everyone's like, you're crazy. You want to go and, and work online and do Instagram? Well, that's not going to work. Instagram's going to die. And yeah, you've got a big following, but people won't pay you for your services or how are you going to make money? or you won't have super or you won't have healthcare or whatever and it was like I wrote down this list of like the worst possible things that could happen and for me the worst thing was that judgment or, or saying to other people oh I have to go get my, my job back like I had to resign from my permanent job and go ask for it back because it didn't work out and I was like mm-hmm. if that is the worst thing that happens from this scenario that is just my pride And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like I could always, like I'm a great dietitian and I could always get another job. I a thousand percent know that. And I was like, that was my fear that was holding me back was just that judgment of other people. But that came from me. Like I really don't think that any one of my true loved ones or family or friends would have looked on me and being like, shame on you, it didn't work out. Like I, deep down in my heart, that fear really came from myself, like that judgment of other people. I don't think it would have really been there. And it was my own sort of embarrassment for having to go and ask for my job back that stopped me from doing it for so long. Yes. So really think about where is that fear coming from and what is the worst possible situation? And even if it's like I don't make any money, well, you know, there's there's welfare and there's, you know, do a bit of savings to get you through for a couple of months if you don't make a bit of money, if if it's, you know, um, leaving a job or if it's leaving a relationship or well, what's the worst possible thing that can happen and brainstorm that. And once you put it on paper, a lot of the time it doesn't really seem that bad and mm. for a lot of people that fear is just that judgment from other people and if you can get past that, then, you know, the world's your oyster, really. Yeah, it's all ego. Mm -hmm. I had that same thing Mm -hmm. when I
1: became an entrepreneur. And it's funny because my siblings and even my mom when she was alive, I don't think a lot of people understand what we do as careers. (laughs) 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 Like, maybe it's time you go get a real job. And I'm like, well, A, this is a real job, but whatever. You know, and it's funny now because... I, I used to joke with my, with my siblings and I was like, you know, if like worst comes to worst. I'm just going to move in with you guys. <laughs> you know, And like, that would make me so happy and I would be okay. But, um, you know, yeah, it's just, it's dropping the ego yeah. and dropping the pride and just going for
0: it. Exactly. And thinking like, yes, what is the worst case scenario, but what is the best case scenario? Like if you mm-hmm. really want to do something, surely the best case scenario outweighs the worst case scenario. And to me, that's a risk that I'm willing to take any day of the week. 100%. For just that possibility of, of happiness or of pure joy, even if it's just a possibility, I'm willing to take that risk because we only get one life, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. We do. Life is life, It's so cliche. Life is so short, but it really is. Like tomorrow I was never guaranteed. That's one of the biggest lessons I learned. It's such an amazing perspective. So whatever you're afraid of, just go, go for it, run towards it.
0: Do it. And you'll figure it out along the way. Again, that perfectionism yeah. message that I talk about all of the time is so crippling. We think we need to have everything figured out. Like I launched my business, I mm-hmm. left my job. I had no idea what I was doing. I sat in my pajama pants for about three weeks, just staring at the computer being like, <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing? I don't know what I'm supposed to do as yeah. my own boss. And I just figured yeah. it out along the way. And that that's yeah. life. It's the journey of life, isn't
1: it? Oh, I'm a Virgo. So my life is like stuck in analysis paralysis. So I'm shocked <laughs> I've even gotten to where I am now, but yeah. it is, I've had, sometimes you just got to go. You got to make the jump. You got to start. You got to do whatever, whatever you want to do just baby steps and just figure
0: it out. Thousand percent. Now that's uh, the listener questions that we've had for today, but any other pearls of wisdom or any other, I guess, lasting message that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? If you had one thing that you you want to be, I guess, your mantra for this podcast today, or you really want people, you really want to drive home with um, the people listening today, what would that what would that message be or what would it look like?
1: You know, I think really what I've, been dealing with right now in my community and having these conversations is just everyone kind of up against these impossible, crazy societal norms. And I just want to encourage everyone out there to keep challenging the norm, to keep asking the questions about yourself and what mm. you really want and what's going to make you really happy. Learn how to silence the outside noise because everyone has their own opinions for their own personal reasons that have nothing to do with you. So really just keep taking that time to dig deeper towards getting to know yourself. Um, You know, in an age of being inundated with all this outside pressure to be a certain way, it's up to each and every one of us to be the change and to be whoever you want to be. You know, be it all. Allow yourself to be free to be you in every form, in every way, without any judgment Um, Because that's really the only way that you're going to find true happiness is learning to silence that outside noise and challenging what everyone else is saying. So, you know, be you, be free, be whatever you want to be. Ooh, I just rhymed.
0: I love it. Oh, I love it. It's such a beautiful message. And, in, you know, in today's society, it's so much pressure. I even when I, you know, I put on outfits for the day to do a to do an Instagram video or well, that sort of thing, I think, oh, what will people think of this outfit? Then I'm like, screw it. I'm wearing something because it's comfy and I like the yeah. look of it and I want to wear this. So why am I worried about other people judging what I wear? Like that should be the the least thing that I'm worried about. So let like, go of that fear of what other people think about you. Because as we mentioned in the last podcast, it's, it's based on their own, um, you know, feelings deep down, they're only judging you because they've got some sort of fear or inadequacy within themselves. So, Mm -hmm. um, just be, you do what you want to do, wear what you want to wear, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just do it. Yeah, (laughs)
1: absolutely. It's so freeing. That's where true self-love, true freedom lies.
0: Now, um, could you tell our listeners at home a little bit about your free self-love starter kit, which is on your, in your Instagram bio, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Absolutely. So it's just a quick little five-page starter kit that really helps you understand. A lot of people DM me all the time wondering how they even start a self-love practice. What does that look like? Because for me, it really is a daily action. So there is a list of things in there that from my experience that have helped just like little activities that you could do on a daily basis. I also have a daily uh, self-love worksheet that you could do that includes gratitude and some self-love stuff, nutrition stuff, some movement stuff. It's a little after- affirmations, you know, just really easy things to get you started. And then um, I do host an eight-week program, a self-love program that dives a lot deeper. You can get very emotional, very difficult, but that's where the real change, in my opinion, starts. But really helps you dive deeper into all of those mental blocks and the, those negative um, patterns going through your mind and um, mm. traumas that you've been through that have led you to believe certain things about yourself, comparison, all of the good stuff. So yeah, that's a, that's in my bio. And you can also, all of my Instagram and social media handles are at Sierra Nielsen. And um, if you want to sign up for that self-love starter kit or to get on my newsletter for the program, that link is also in my bio.
0: Wonderful, thank you so much. And I'll, I'll pop those links in the show notes as well for anybody listening at home. But ensure you go and follow Sierra's Instagram page in particular, because it is absolutely amazing. And as she mentioned, all the um, information for her free self-love starter kit and um, eight-week um, group is up in that link in her bio as well on Instagram. So thank you so much for being part of such an incredible two-part um, podcast. We talked about some real, um, I guess, real life issues and things that a lot of people struggle with with men and women included and we had that important conversation which I don't think people have enough so thank you so much for coming on and and sharing that with our listeners today it was it was such a beautiful conversation i'm so grateful for you for coming on
1: i'm so grateful to be here thank you so much and it was i really hope if any of you guys if any of this resonated or if you want to chat a little bit more make sure to dm me i answer all my dms and i hope to i uh, look forward to getting to know some of you
0: thank you so much and guys we'll catch you in the next podcast next week